He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. For the words that I speak unto you, saith the Lord, they are spirit and they are life. Yea, life, life, life. Oh, come alive, my people. Arise from the dust and cast off your chains, O captive daughter of Zion, for I am here to set you free, saith the Lord. Somebody give him praise in this place. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Woo. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'll play my best for him. Hallelujah. I'll give my best for him. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. For unto us, this shall be a sign unto you. For unto us, a child is born. A son is given. For unto us, a child is born. A son is given. I want to read something that I... I wrote down when I read this scripture, this significant but often sentimental truth seems to captivate our focus at Christmas, and it should. The Christ child, perfect and pure, lying in a manger. The lyrics of Silent Night perfectly reflect this truth. Round yon virgin, mother and child, holy infant, so tender and mild. The focus is on the Christ child. The manger scene is the predominant symbol to reflect the true meaning of Christmas. Christmas communion, when we have it, and I'll let you know as we get closer to Christmas Eve what we're going to do for that very special Sunday because it's the Sunday before Christmas. Christmas falls on Monday this year. And uh, I don't know anything more appropriate but to be in God's house for for, uh, Christmas Eve service. Uh, And so we will have a morning service and an Christmas Eve service. And I don't know all that's going to involve, but I would know there will be cookies. Is it okay if we bring some cookies to celebrate? Amen. There was always a feast, not a fast, when something was to be celebrated. Fasting is till you get the victory. Once you get the victory, then it's time to kill the fatted calf. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. So we will be having a Christmas Eve service, and I'm looking forward to it. Because what do you do? You go across the dial looking for something. You, you know, you see that turkey that turned out just right. And, and uh, you know, then you think about, uh, you know, the ones that don't turn out right. So we want, to, we want to have something that gives you something to take home for the spiritual substance, just like this morning. Isaiah 9, 6, for us a child is born unto us, and unto us a son is given. The emphasis of that scripture is a child is born to be a sacrificed lamb for you and me. A son is given doesn't mean he was given to lay in a manger. That is not the gift of God to us. Is a pure Christ child laying in a manger. The gift of God to us is a Christ child, pure and holy, in a manger so that he could grow up 
and go to the cross. By the way, he was not an afterthought. This wasn't something God came up with after the fall, some way to redeem man from himself. When God created man, he gave him a sovereign will. Amen. You have the power, an awesome power within you, the power of choice. And your life is going to be a sum total of the choices that you make. There are many good people that did some bad things because they made the wrong choices. And they get convicted of it and they come to Christ and they repent of their sin. They did a bad thing, not because they're necessarily an evil, wicked, incorrigible person, but because they made a choice that was wrong. There's a tempter out there. Amen. And every man is tempted, the Bible said, when he's led away of his own lust and enticed. And lust, when it's conceived, brings forth sin, and sin, when it's finished, brings forth death. The sentence against sin is death. It hasn't changed. That's why Jesus had to die in our place on the cross to redeem us from our sin. So the emphasis on the Christ child in the cradle, if you don't understand that a son is given doesn't mean that he gave him to lay in this cradle. He couldn't save anyone, pure as he was. He couldn't save anyone by lying in that cradle on Christmas night. The only way he could save anybody is if he went to the cross and took our sin upon himself. So when you see him in the cradle and you see the scripture, unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. October 1st of this year, I got home from church and saw fire trucks and police My son lived next door to us, and I walked over to my son's home, 53 years old. He would have been 54, the fifth of this month. And I walked into the bedroom, and I looked down, and I saw my son, and he was deceased. He wasn't here anymore. He was gone to heaven. And I looked at my son, and I wanted more than anything in the world to wake him up. I wish I could have raised him from the dead right at that moment. I wanted to bring him back for for just a few seconds. You know what I want to do? And I I would tell him like we always do on the phone, I love you, son. He'd say, I love you, Dad. I'd say, I love you, son. It's just become kind of a thing. But you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to wake him up. I wanted to look him in the eye. And I want him to know what I really felt in my heart, not just words from my mouth, but from my heart. And I wanted to look at him and say, son, I love you one more time. I didn't even tell my wife this, but I had a dream. And I don't put a lot of stock in dreams unless the Lord lets you know it's truly a spiritual dream. But after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the Bible did say that that uh, old men would dream dreams. (laughs) Young men would see visions and old men would... You had any lately, old guy? Amen. I really believe this was from the Lord. I didn't know what was going to happen, but God knew what was coming. My son knew because he had perfect peace. And he wanted to go home. He wanted to go home. He wanted to go home. He just wouldn't stop talking about going home. After he came back to the Lord, he wanted to go home. Amen. Because his body had had so many things go wrong with it in his latter years. 
But I had a dream, and I didn't even tell my wife this, and, uh, because I didn't see the significance of it till after that Sunday. But it was one of those dreams, and she may remember me telling her, you know, you get up and you feel like it was so real. You wake up and think, what is real, this or the dream I just had? Because the dream seems so real. And I really believe God was preparing me for that event in, in this dream. Because my son and I had gotten closer. When he came back to the Lord, we had so much in common that we never had in common before. And we could talk about Jesus and we could talk about God. And the verification come when my grandson, his son, said, I, I, you know, something strange going on with his daddy. He said, we go past the bedroom with the door shut and daddy's in there praying. I could hear him in there praying. You know, you know, God is doing a work when somebody who, and, and so anyway, that, that assurance came. But in, in my dream, he was in a hospice situation and he was getting ready to pass and he had, he couldn't see anymore. He couldn't see me. And I was right there by him, and I had him by the hand. And uh, I was squeezing his hand, and he said, Daddy, Daddy, are you there? I said, I'm right here, son, and I'm not going anywhere. I'm right here, and I'm not going anywhere. See, I had a prayer life. Part, it was, it was a, every day I prayed for my son's salvation. Every single day of my life, I bound him to my heart in prayer. And I said, I'm not going to let up till he comes. And the devil would say, you prayed all these years and he hasn't come to the Lord. You prayed and prayed and prayed and he hasn't come to the Lord. You keep on praying. It's no good. It's no good. He's a liar. He's the father of it. Prayer is powerful. And, and, and I said, son, I'm not going anywhere. And I squeezed his hand tight to let him know I'm right here. You can't see me, but I'm right here. Amen. And it made me feel so good to be able to reassure him, you're never going to go through something like this by yourself. Daddy's right here. Now, Daddy can't take him that last, but there's a heavenly Father that can take him across that river. Can you say amen and into that promised land hallelujah but when the bible said a son is given until you've lost a child until you've lost it can be a daughter can it and when you lose that person you begin you feel something that is different no one knows but someone that has experienced it and you've been through that amen and I, when i say lost i know where he is i'm talking about he's just not here with me god's Pain when Jesus cried on the cross, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which being interpreted as my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He said, when Jesus died on the cross, his father, you know, he stood in the temple and what comforted him when all the disciples in fear forsook him. He said, my father is always with me. I have the comfort of my Father's presence. But when he died on the cross, his daddy wasn't holding his hand. Eloi, my God. Eloi, my God. Lama sabachthani. Why hast thou forsaken me? 
Because he that knew no sin became sin itself. He didn't sin. But our sin, the Bible said in Isaiah 53 and verse 6, God, all we like sheep have gone astray. But God hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. God hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Therefore, I will appoint him a portion with the great. Oh, man, I'll give him more than a portion. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. I will put him in the most preeminent place there can possibly be. Who am I that a king would bleed and die for? Oh, no. Who am I that the God that created me and the God that I sinned against would come in flesh and hang on the cross and suffer and die in my place and do it without the comfort that He promised you and me. You know what He said to us? I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will go with you all the way. When it comes time for me to go home, my Father is going to be holding my hand. Amen? I don't know if what that does for you, but just to know that. I got close to going home several years ago with a bad stroke. And you lay in the back of that ambulance. My wife's not there to hold my hand. My daddy's already with the Lord. But my heavenly father was in the back of that ambulance with me. And the peace, I didn't feel a physical hand grasping my hand, but the peace of knowing He's right here, right now. I'm not alone in the back of this ambulance with two strangers who don't know me from Adam's house cat. Amen. God is right here. And He, in the emergency room, He was right there. And you know what? Normally, if I went to get a job one time, I was out of work, needed a job real bad. I needed a job so bad, so much hinged on me getting the health approval. I had to go to a company doctor and have them examine me and say that I was physically fit to do the job. They didn't want some sick guy that they were going to have to pay, you know, (laughs) without getting something out of me. So I had to pass that. Doctor come in, and my blood pressure was up because it was so important that I get the job. And my blood pressure was up. I was a very young man. My blood pressure through the roof. And the doctor come in and said, you really need this job, don't you, son? <laughs> you know, I said, I really do. I mean, you know, buzzards are circling. I don't want them to land over my house. They're just up there. I see them, you know, all the time up on a limb somewhere. And I say, not today, boys, not today. <laughs> Amen. I needed that job bad, he said, and he knew I didn't. He wanted to help me. He said, I want you to go in this room, and I want you to lay down on the, you know, the table, and I want you to lay back and relax and think pleasant thoughts. And I thought, boy, it's going to be good to get a payday. It's going to be good to get a payday. And he come back in, my blood pressure was down. You get under stress, your blood pressure goes up, it spikes. Normally, you have a stroke. You don't know, you know, if you're going home or stay here or what's going to happen. They asked me, are you okay in the ambulance? I said, I'm having a little trouble breathing. They gave me the oxygen, and that took away. But I had the peace of God. And when I got to the hospital, they took my blood pressure. The amazing thing in the emergency room, confirmed stroke, and they said his blood pressure is normal. Now, that's not normal to have your blood pressure normal 
under that kind of circumstance. When my blood pressure spiked just trying to get a job. Well, how did it stay normal? Because there is a peace that comes when the Father is with you. And it passes understanding. And we are promised that peace. And I've experienced that peace. I'm not afraid when it, when it comes time to go home. It's going to be a home going. Amen. I don't want to go before my time. I certainly want the devil to take me out. And I don't want to do something stupid like buy a motorcycle. My wife told me that would be. She said, we need you. I went in and I looked at a Honda Shadow. It had a buddy seat for my dog Buddy. I mean my wife, Pamela. Uh, (laughs) It had a, a comfortable looking buddy seat. It was black and shiny. It only had 9,000 miles on it. They asked me, would you like to sit on it? I said, well, certainly. And I got on it, and, and I was 16 again. I got my BSA motorcycle when I was 14 years old, really. 14 when I got my first motorcycle. Oh, wow, it took me back. And I thought, man, I, I would be cool. Can you see me with my helmet on roaring up to church on my Honda Shadow, black with pipes, big pipes? Be back in my... I said, boy, I would like to... But then I thought of all the friends that I've lost down through the years that because of all the traffic, it's hard to ride a motorcycle and think you're going to be safe anymore. I thought about how much my wife needs me and and how much, uh, you know, how much God is still not through with me. And, and I thought, I just got off the motorcycle. I looked back at it one time. And <laughs> remembered how it used to be. The thing I'm going to tell you is when it comes time to go home, your father's going to be there. And when he's there, you're going to know it by the peace of his presence. There's power and there's peace. And at that time, you need peace more than you need power. God's got the power to heal you. He's got the power to do anything. But when you need peace, there's nothing like it. His, his titles given before He was born was Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Wonderful Counselor. These be His royal titles. He shall be called all of these things. And He was all of these things. But the most cherished of all the names that he would bear is Prince of Peace. Can you say man? Hallelujah. And I can tell you from personal experience, I had the peace to go home. I told my wife with in perfect confidence and peace, not because I'm some great person of faith. I'm going to tell you, it's scary when you get up at 6 in the morning to go to a pastor's breakfast, a prayer breakfast I'm doing the Lord's work. I'm on my way to do something for God and to do something with fellow brethren. And you get up, you take a shower, you feel something strange feelings. You walk into the kitchen to get some orange juice and your arm is dead. You can't move it. And then your legs go and you fall face forward and can't stop yourself. And you find yourself laying helpless on the floor. And that's not something I'm used to. When God healed me of leukemia, He healed me from head to foot and all in between. I'd never been in a hospital till then, never rode in a meat wagon. 
Amen. Until you know what that is. That's an ambulance. We'll have to break you in. Now, people, you're not used to me yet, are you? Okay. (laughs) And you don't think I'm crazy? You see, the Lord is still working and speaking to us today. Hallelujah. We're glad you're here today to share this good news. Amen. Jesus said, my father's always with me. I have that comfort. Everybody else forsakes me. Look, where's Peter? Where's John? Where, where are these people? But my Father is always with me. Until they nailed Him to the cross. And when they nailed Him to the cross, He didn't die comforted by the presence of His Father. He died like a sinner forsaken of God. That's why Isaiah 53, all about the cross, prophetic of him. It begins with, who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? When we saw him, where? On the cross. It's all about him being impaled on a cross. There was nothing that we should desire him. In other words, what they looked at after the beating he had went through before they even nailed him on the cross... And when you see the little loincloth on him, it wasn't customary to have anything to cover them. They wanted to shame them as well as cause such agony and pain. They hung them naked on the cross. The Holy One, stripped bare, humiliated. The Bible said what he despised more than the pain, which is indescribable doctors have tried to describe it they said it's the most horrible death that you can die because it is a slow tortured death and part of it is not just the pain but the asphyxiation when you push up to draw a breath the pain is so excruciating then you have to slump down and when you slump down your breath is being partially cut off So when Jesus began to speak from the cross, and by the way, he was speaking as a Savior to the man who said, Lord, remember me when you come in your kingdom. And Jesus said, today you shall be with me in paradise, in agony, suffocating and pain. He sees an opportunity to save, and he's not even thinking about himself. Oh, what a Savior. Oh, hallelujah. Can you say amen? Say it with me. That great song, that great hymn, oh, what a Savior. Oh, hallelujah. Can you say amen? Why are you speaking in tongues? Because I can't find words in the human language in the vocabulary of man there are no words you know the bible spoke of jesus as the unspeakable gift can you say man if he said you can try a lifetime but you cannot aptly thank god for the gift of tongues because there's times i want to tell him what's in my heart and words can't do justice to what's in my heart so he gave me the ability to speak to him hallelujah oh friend of mine oh what a savior 
Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Who hath believed our report, to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed when we saw him? There was nothing that we should desire him. My uncle saw a wreck on the highway. He stopped to give aid if he could, but they were already there starting to try to help these poor people. And one of the the person's face, he said it looked like they had taken an axe and just chopped into the face when they went through without a seatbelt, that glass window. And he said for months, because he went to work that way, he said for months I couldn't get that image out of my mind. Every time I turned that corner and I saw that intersection, I saw that. It was imprinted on me. You see what they saw when Jesus was beaten and whipped so bad was such terrible looking to them. It would make you draw back. It wasn't something you could just gaze upon out of curiosity. It's something made you sick at your stomach. That's why Pilate said, Behold the man. Look at him now. Surely this will satisfy you. Surely you don't want him hurt any more than this. Surely when they beat him, with the cat of nine tails and nine pieces of braided leather, the Roman soldiers who, who had no mercy at all taunted him and they stripped him to the waist. And nine pieces, nine, nine braided leather and at the end pieces of metal or sharp pottery. And when they hit him, it wrapped around him halfway. So it wasn't just putting stripes on his back. It wrapped around him halfway. And when they yanked it back, it tore pieces of flesh from his rib cage. And in Psalm 22, it's prophetic of him again on the cross. Isaiah 53 and Psalm 22. And it said, my bones stare out of me. It exposed the rib cage. The skin is so thin at that point, it exposed the rib cage. My bones stare out of me. He's thirsty. He cried out, I thirst. The thirst was so terrible. They offered him something to wet his lips. They took a sponge. They offered him vinegar and gall, and they, he refused it. It's amazing he cried in thirst and yet refused something to moisten his lips. Why did he refuse it? Because he was paying a debt that had to be paid in full. And if he didn't suffer enough to pay the sin debt, then it couldn't be paid. It would, he could have never said it is Finished tetelestai in the Greek. One word that meant it is accomplished. Or in the financial world it meant paid in full. They dug up pottery. Archaeologists did from that era. And in one of the pots 
still sealed, not cracked or broken, but still sealed, was the deed to a piece of land that had been paid off in payments, in increments. And it had each payment listed on that piece of land. And down at the bottom was the very word that Jesus uttered from the cross. I'm pronouncing it wrong, I'm sure, in in the Greek, but it's tetelestē. It was one word, but it's translated in three English words. Paid in full. Can you say amen? I want you to know something about your sin debt. It's paid in full. And it's a free gift to you when you receive Jesus, but I want you to know it's not cheap. Because He gives it to you doesn't mean it didn't cost something. Amen. For unto us a child is born, a son is given. And did you know he was given? This was the manifestation of something that God decided to do. Because when he gave you and I a sovereign will, he knew we could blow it. He knew we could make the wrong choices. And he still wanted to find a way to save us from ourselves and from Satan and our sin. And the Bible calls, speaks of Jesus as the Lamb Before he ever was manifest to die on the cross, he was the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. You mean when God laid the foundations of Eden and made man, he had a plan? It wasn't when man blew it that God said, oh, what do I do now? No, because he sees the end from the beginning. He said, if I make man and give him a sovereign will, he may sin against me. If he does, I'm holy and obligated to judge that sin. But I love the world. Oh, John 3.16, for God so loved the world with all of its darkness and sin and rebellion, that He what? He gave unto us a Son is given. Hallelujah. His only begotten Son. Now, I love you. I love you a lot. But if you go out and kill somebody, and you're on death row, And my son is sweet and pure and innocent. I'm not going to give him for you. I'll pray for you. (laughs) Amen. I pray you come to Jesus and I'll give you a good funeral. I'm not going to give my son for you. That takes a love beyond human love. That takes divine love. And you love that much. And I hope you never doubt His love. Hallelujah. You may doubt a lot of things, but don't doubt His love. Isn't it good to know what's going to happen when you come to the end of the line? If you know Christ is your Savior, your Father is going to be right there holding your hand. That's why my, the, the peace of God was on me. I, I told my wife, I said, honey, I said, if, if, I said, if I'm going to be disabled... And be a burden to to you, to my family. Lord, I said, I'm ready to go home. In other words, I was letting her know, I can go or I can stay. Right now, this peace that's on me. See, I used to worry about who's going to take care of my family if I'm not around. That's why I didn't get that 
Honda shadow. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Who's going to do that? But you know something? When that peace is on you, you see how great and good God is. I don't know what He would... You think He can't fill my shoes? You think He can't step in and care for my... Yes, He can. Yes, He can. And would He do it? Yes, He would. I expect Pamela to squall and bawl and carry on. If something happens to me, because that's what I would do if something happens to her. But after the squalling and bawling, there is a peace that can come. There is a presence that can come. There is a holy one. And the only way I can tell you about that peace is better felt than telt. We can talk about it all day long, but when you lay it in the back of an ambulance and you've had a stroke and you, you may be going on to heaven and it's okay to go to heaven, my son had that peace on him. It was so strong on him, he wanted to go to heaven more than he wanted to stay here. I said, you know, I'm praying for your healing. He said, Dad, I know that. But, but, but Dad, Dad, listen to me, Dad. If I beat you to heaven, see, he was homeward bound. God got him back safe in the fold, sealed him with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. Helped him develop a prayer life and made him homesick for heaven homesick for heaven he was in a body that had been abused for many years uh, and uh, and that body was failing but thank god it wasn't his liver his liver failed and god gave it function again they said he wouldn't come out of the hospital but he did it wasn't his liver amen it was the result of a stroke that interrupted the pathway between the brain and the rest of the body. <laughs> and he said, Dad, <laughs> he said, and I've told you this, I'll probably tell it again, but it's his birthday this month, so that's why I'm, I'm just reflecting a little bit today. Amen. And I want you to know that the Father had his hand. And if I could have been right there and held it, I would have been right there like I did in the dream and said, Daddy's right here. I'm right here. I'm not going nowhere. I'm going to be with you. All the way through this. Amen. Well, your father, Jesus said, my father is always with me. He's always with me. He's always with me. <laughs> I, I'm not alone. It looks like everybody's forsook me. And everybody hates me and wants me dead. But my father is always with me. Until he went to pay your sin debt and mine. And then he said, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God. I'm thirsty, but I can't drink. I'm lonely and alone, but I can't be comforted. The only way I can pay the sin debt is be treated as if I had sinned so that God's justice can be fulfilled in me so that they can go free. The just has suffered for the unjust that he might bring us to God. That he might reconcile us to God. And that God therefore might be just. That he doesn't sweep sin under the rug. He judges sin. He's obligated. He's holy. He can't get around it. There's no loophole. Except Jesus. Can you say man except for Jesus. That God may be just and the justifier of them that come to him through Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Justified is for the courtroom. It's a courtroom term. It means you have been acquitted. And, And it wasn't because of a judge that didn't execute justice. It's because it's been burnt out in Jesus. One of the greatest illustrations of that I ever heard as we try to close this morning was back during the days of the wagon trains headed west, out in the middle of the prairie, there was a thunderstorm coming. The lightning ignited before the rain came. The lightning that preceded it ignited the prairie fields. And the wind was blowing it toward the wagon train. And their first inclination was to turn around and try to outrun the fire. You see that happening in California, driven by those winds right now. And the fire is coming at them. And their impulse was to turn, but the wagon master said, we cannot outrun the fire. It will catch us. It will burn up our our oxen. It will burn our cattle. It will burn the wagons. It will burn us. So he said, stop right where you are. They were in a panic. What do we do? And he walked around, took brush, put it together, lit it, and he lit a fire behind the wagon train. And the same winds that was blowing the fire toward them blew that fire away from them. And it parched the ground quickly and went. And while the ground was still barely smoldering, and the brush was gone, and that burnt stubble with no flame, they backed the wagons deep into the, where the fire was already burned. And he said, that fire coming can't hurt us because we're standing where the fire. In other words, it has no fuel when it gets here. We're standing where the fire has already burned. You know what happened at Calvary? Amen. The fire of God's wrath burnt out in Jesus. And he said, it is accomplished and then he cried into thine hands the father's right back to receive him hallelujah amen into thine hands commend i my spirit and he gave up the ghost and i don't believe he was gasping i believe he cried loudly into thy hands i commend my spirit And he gave up the ghost. That meant the spirit in him left his body. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. It is accomplished. What I came here to do, I just did. It took six hours of agony on that cross. But it's done now. It's a done deal. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And, And the Bible said, if the princess... Of this world, and we're not talking about Caesar's Rome, and we're not talking about Pilate and his authority. Amen. If the princes of this world, who is governing this world? Arguing against powers and principalities and the rulers of the darkness of this world and wickedness in high places. If the princes of this world had known 
what God's plan was to save us. <laughs> they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Why? Because they would have they were conquered at the cross. He was not a victim on that cross. He was a victor on that cross. He conquered death for us. He conquered hell for us. He conquered the grave for us. Can you say man? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Little baby, meek and mild. There's no salvation in this baby except this baby. This miracle baby. This baby that was born of a virgin. Unto you, a child is born. And the moment he was born, the manifestation of what God planned from the foundation of the world, he came to be the Lamb of God. When John... The Baptist saw him. He said, Behold, the great prophet, the great healer, the great preacher, the great king. No, behold, the revelation dropped in his heart when he saw Jesus. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, who pays the sin debt for all who will come to him by faith. Can you say, man? Say it with me. Oh, what a Savior. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, what a Savior. Oh, hallelujah. Who am I that a king would bleed and die for? Who am I that he would say, not my will, thine for? When we saw him, there is nothing that we should desire him, but we did esteem him, stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Surely he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. Anyone here that needs healing, that same scripture before we even get to the fifth verse. We usually zero in on the fifth, and we can, but it starts in the third verse. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. You know what Matthew said about that in the New Testament? He quoted that. He quoted it as it is in the Hebrew. He said when, the, when Jesus saw them bringing the sick out of every quarter, bringing the sick, he was moved with compassion, and he healed them all, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying, Surely he carried our sicknesses and bore our diseases. Can you say, man, glory be to God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, you can be saved today. I'm telling you, you can be healed today. I'm telling you, you can be delivered today. I'm telling you, you can be set free today because Jesus has paid the price in full for all of it, for you and for me. Hallelujah. 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 And it went on to say, Surely he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. Hallelujah. All we like sheep have gone astray, but God hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. So when I see a baby in a manger, I see a man on the cross. When I see the baby in the manger, I see a man on the cross. 
Amen. So my gaze shifts pretty quick from the baby. Thank you for sending him. Thank you for giving him from the foundation of the world. God's plan to save was set in place in case men and women with a sovereign will made the wrong choices. Isn't that a wonderful, loving, hallelujah, who has a God like our God? The mercy of God. We think of power. Think of more than power. Think of, think of the mercy. Think of the grace. Think of the goodness. Think of the forgiveness. Think of the love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When I married Pamela, there was a song that made me think of Pamela. Because I'd felt something. I fell in love with my wife. It wasn't like the construction worker that saw the lady in the mini skirt that said, I think I'm in love. No, no, I fell in love with my wife when I was 16 years old on my motorcycle with my black simulated leather jacket because I couldn't afford the real deal. <laughs> but Lord knows I was cool. Brother Taylor, I was cool. Amen. You've seen those old 50s stuff about the cool guy? I had a haircut. You know what? I, I finally got it changed because I got married. I went in a barber shop, and the guy said, I hadn't seen one of these in a long time. And I thought, uh-oh, I'm outdated. <laughs> a Hollywood flat top, because I had a flat top, but I curled it around. I left it a little long here. Flat top. Curled it around. You got a picture of this. You won't see this anymore. This is old school right here. I curled it around and brought it down to about right here in a little peak. And the sides went back like this. And when you pull them back, they lap in the back. You got to take your comb and get them back there. And then you got to take your comb and go right down the middle of that to bring it down into what's called a duck's tail. So what he called it was a Hollywood flat top with side, side, with fender skirts, fender skirts, and a duck's tail. And I thought a Hollywood flat top with fender skirts and a duck's tail. Oh, wow. Amen. Maybe it's time for a change. <laughs> Amen. I don't think they're wearing that anymore. But in high school, when I was in high school, amen, back in 63, oh man, you drive up on a motorcycle with a Hollywood flat top with fender skirts and a duck's tail, and the girls go, things have changed, hadn't they? That wouldn't cut it no more, right? You don't know. You've never seen one. Good answer. <laughs> Honest answer. Hallelujah. I fell in love with my wife. And there was a song playing back then. What kind of love is this that makes me want to jump and shout? What kind of love is this? I used to go home with her. I'd ride her bus home way out on the other side of Brandon, past Valrico. On Highway 60, you turn off of it just before you get into nothing, pastures. And there's a subdivision. I'd ride her bus home, and then I would walk home all the way to Highway 92 and 579. That's about 15 miles. 
And I used to take shortcuts through orange groves and just not, and it would be dark when I got home. And I'd walk all the way. I walked 50. I would walk 10,000. You know, there was a song about how far you'd walk. I walked it. Because I was in love. It was real. It wasn't puppy love. How do you know? Because we've been married going on 55 years. What kind of love is this that makes you want to jump and shout? What kind of... Did you do that when you met Kim? You jumped and shouted? Okay. For the record, that was just for Kim to hear. He's so well trained. She's got him just... Absolutely. I did a backflip and a handspring too. Yeah. Amen. Same for you, right? When you met her. What kind of love is this that makes me want to jump and shout? What kind of love is this that turned my whole life inside out? I was on the way to a revival meeting. I was going to preach in Merritt Island. Got out on the Beeline Expressway and lost CIE. Back then, CIE was the big Christian station. I, it, I lost the signal. So I didn't have any Christian music. Didn't have no tape to put in in closing. <laughs> and so I found a 50s station, my kind of music from my era. And they were playing Psalm 46. And I didn't realize it till I did research on it. It was first a church song that a guy wrote based on Psalm 46. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the mountains be removed and cast into the midst of the sea. Can you say, man, that's a big time calamity. And say, because the Lord is my refuge, because he's right here holding my hand. I'm not going to be afraid. And a song came on out of the Detroit era. Amen. A, a young black man wrote that song. And I thought, I'm going to take this for Jesus. I'm going to sanctify it and sing it for the Lord with him. I, I could, I, I'm not singing about Pamela because if the mountains be removed, I don't think she's going to be a big comfort to me. And if we see a snake, she's going to outrun me. So <laughs> she's not going to be back there trying to help me with that snake. When the night is come and all is dark... And the moon is the only light we see. Yet I won't be afraid and I won't shed one tear as long as you stand by me. And I just sung that to the Lord and felt the Holy Ghost. I said, I'm going to take that for Jesus. Well, it was written for Jesus to begin with and they turned it into a pop song. But it was written based on Psalm 46. And that's why the man who got his singing voice like a lot of the pop artists did in church singing in the choir. Can you say, man, had a foundation of faith? And I said, well, I didn't have to take it for the Lord. It was for the Lord. And I just recognize I can sing this to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. As long as you stand by me. And he promised to stand by us and stand with us. Lo, I am with you always. I will never. And it's in the emphatic. When he said, I will never, it's not just stop there. It's in the emphatic in the Greek. And it would read like this. I will never. Actually, they said it's to the fifth, to the fifth degree. I will never. 
No, never, 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 never. Evidently, God, by the Holy Spirit, is trying to tell us something. This is how committed I am to you. I will never, no, no, I will never, no, never, 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 never leave you nor forsake you. I will go with you all the way. You'll never know. Because my son was forsaken on the cross, I'll never forsake you. He made it possible for me to keep this promise to you. You'll never be without my comfort. You'll never be without my counsel. You'll never be without my presence. All the days of your... You may not feel it at all times, but He's right there. And when you need it, it's going to show up. Praise God. Amen. And you're going to know it. And it's all because He who knew no sin became as if He had sinned to reconcile us to God. So that we would never experience what he experienced on the cross. Never, no, never, 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 never. So we could be saved. So we could be healed. So we could be delivered. And we could be set free. Is there anyone here with any sickness issue today that needs healing? Anybody? Before we, right here. Right where you are, stretch your hand that way. Hallelujah. I just feel led to do this right now before we close this service. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Surely He bore our sicknesses and carried our diseases. Amen. Let's believe God right now. Father, Lord, I have preached Your Gospel. I have experienced Your healing. I've experienced your help in my life. Surely Ebenezer is, is my, my memorial to you. Up until now, the Lord has been our help. And it's not just stopping now. It's continuing to a thousand generations. He said he would keep his covenant. We're in the generation where God is keeping his covenant to us. In the name of Jesus today, there's a covenant of healing with ancient Israel that is our covenant today through the blood of Christ. And it says, I will put none of the diseases upon thee that I have put upon Egypt. (laughs) So that it didn't come from you whatever's wrong with us never came from you in the name of jesus of nazareth father we thank you today for your name is appropriate to you what they found out about you stands today for my name is jehovah rapha the lord thy physician the lord thy doctor the lord thy healer in jesus name with your stripes we are healed and with your stripes we were healed and it all took place at the cross we thank you for the blood we thank you for the whipping we thank you for the beating we thank you for the love that sent you here and the love that flows to us in healing power right now son of david have mercy and heal for the glory of god amen and amen and amen and amen what a what a oh what a savior oh hallelujah glory to god glory to god glory to god Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, there is none like you. There is none like you. There is none like you. Father, I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. He'll be there in your trouble. He'll be there in your trauma. 
He'll be there in your sickness. He'll be there in your wellness. Whatever you face. He said, lo, I'm with you. Always. Never forsake you. Never leave you. And that's why we have such hope today. Praise God. I'm so glad to be a preacher of the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Are you glad you came to church today? When you see the manger, you're going to see the man on the cross. Hallelujah. It's going to change the way you look at Christmas. And it's not a downer. What kind of love is this? It still makes me want to jump and shout when I consider the love of God that was in Jesus on the cross. Let's stand and give Him praise today. He's worthy. Down in Fiji, we had one hit from Fiji years ago on our, on our net. And I want to know out in the islands what they're saying and singing about Jesus. And it just seems appropriate to let some people that worship with us online, amen, sing to us today. If it's not too old, and uh, we'll see if it plays. If it doesn't, we have alternatives. We're determined to praise God. Amen.